Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio, where each week we talk to a musician, artist, author, or other creative Mississippian working in the arts across the state. I'm your host, Melody Mooney-Thordis, Director of Grants at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today we continue our series featuring this year's recipients of the 2021 Governor's Arts Awards. Today my guest is Raphael Sims, who's being recognized at this year's awards as a cultural ambassador. Raphael is a long, lifelong musician, songwriter, and event organizer based in Jackson, and I'm so honored to be speaking with him today. For those who may not be familiar, and we will talk in much more detail about um, your career, but for people who may not know, tell our listeners just a little bit about you, a little bit about yourself. Well, Melody, I'm a lifelong Mississippi-born musician, and uh, I was born in 1954, which incidentally was the same year Rock and Roll, Godzilla, and the Miss America pageant were born, and for what, what that's worth. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and I want to thank you for pronouncing my name exactly right. The name I was given at birth was Raphael. Uh, it's it's uh, it's been much maligned, uh, Raphael, Samez, you know, you name it. But you you did your homework, <laughs> and uh, anyway, just. Uh, I was born in Grenada, Mississippi, and um, and I'm living in Jackson now, and there's a lot in between, um, but uh, kind of started the whole music thing, uh, you know, way back then. Well, you're known today as a bass player, but I want to talk about how you got uh from a little boy in Grenada to uh, where you are today. So uh, you talked about uh, being born in the same year as rock and roll. Um, And, you know, you told me about uh, your mom taking you to see music as a kid. So I'm so interested in hearing a little bit more about, yeah, your first experiences with with music or music lessons and kind of that spark that got uh, turned on for so young. Well, Melody, I tell you, my mother uh, took me to see Elvis when I was I was around four years old in Memphis at the Ellis Auditorium. He was kind of doing a, a homecoming type deal, and I think they they booed the opening act off the stage. <laughs> there was pretty pretty uh, wild crowd uh, wanting to see Elvis, and um, then when I was about eleven, she took me to see the Beatles, and of course that was it. Mom, it's all your fault. <laughs> Where'd you see the Beatles? Saw the Beatles in Memphis also. Uh, that they were. Uh, I saw the afternoon show in August of '66, uh, I guess. And uh, man, it it was uh, it was a life changer, you know. Long for the Elvis show. I think I wound up sitting under a chair for a, when it just got to the 
the uh, absolute loudest point. And uh, but then I said, ah, this is cool. And you know, uh, got out from under the chair and took a few notes. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's uh, that that's that's two pretty big um, inspirations there to to be fortunate to see. And of course, you know, I I, I told my mother uh, that. You know, years I told her, I said, you know, I know it was because you wanted to go see Elvis <laughs> and the Beatles. And uh, and I said, you know, and I'm so glad you took me, you know. But anyway, and so that kind of got, got the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. Hands on, on a guitar, you know, and uh, I got a silver tone. A Sears guitar that they gave me a guitar, and I would go sit in front of my sister's record player, and uh, play along with her Motown records. And it became pretty obvious that what I was paying the most attention to was the lower notes and the the thumping part, and uh, and of course the bass. So I didn't see the need for the uh, the two treble strings on the guitar so I just pulled them off and uh and just played the EADG the strings and uh just like a bass until I got a bass and that was that was a big big step I've always been fascinated about bass players wondering how they came to that instrument because as you mentioned guitar is such an entry instrument for so many people so it's just interesting that you're describing kind of being um, drawn to immediately that lower register have you ever thought about why you're drawn to the bass it felt naturally to me and uh, and i just wanted to uh i wanted to hear more and more of it and then take that mangled guitar and uh and figure out how these musicians were playing what they were doing and that's and then um you know the process i guess to becoming a actually a bass player was first um turn that old silver tone guitar into a bass and the next step is you know got my first bass my first real bass it was one of those kind of basses uh there wasn't a fender or anything <laughs> it was one of those basses that you get that you find um you know, and maybe uh, in the corner of a clothing store or a bait shop or something like that. You know, it was one of those guys. And uh, but but it was you know kind of a boat paddle, but it played, and that's all I cared about. And then uh, the next step in the process uh, was I got my first band. Uh, was in the Vagabonds, which uh, you know we we were we thought we were something else, and we. We probably were something else, uh, but we we had a great time. And you know, any band uh, that need, that has it's their first band, they need a first gig, right? Our the guys in our band were ages nine to twelve, I guess. And um, and so our first gig was a William Winter gig, a campaign gig in my hometown of Grenada in somebody's driveway. So um, that was kind of an interesting thing. <laughs> I was 
I'm still proud of that gig being my. Um, that's amazing that that was the that was the way you started out, and then, so then, you, you start playing in bands then, and you really never stop. I mean, it's just different conglomerations, right? I had uh, was playing rock and roll bands, you know, garage bands, whatever you want to call it, and um, just had a great time doing that. You know, I kind of flirted with uh, with the school band, um. They were trying to find a place for me, you know, a trumpet, baritone, all, you know, and all this kind of stuff. I wanted to play drums, but they had a bunch of those. And so, um, anyway, I wound up playing trumpet, I think, in the junior high band or something. And it was cool, And but, you know, they didn't have a bass, and that's what I wanted to play, a bass guitar. So when I got the bass guitar, my energy's pretty much centered on, you know, getting into the, the band thing and eventually playing, you know, for dances and, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, and so, um, you know, the, uh, the, the band was, um, it was really a, a great developmental tool because, you know, it, it, at a fairly young age, you know, taught you how to play music with people, you know, and it wasn't a school band, you know, it still served a purpose. Yeah, and you know, I'll tell you, um, you know, I played, we played rock and roll. Got on up um, with the years, you know, the different kinds of music really started appealing to me. I had a wonderful uh, environment musically, uh, you know, because my folks would, uh, you, you, my mom was really a singer, and, you know, my dad had a really great voice, and that Count Basie's band really swung. So, uh, so that, that was all valuable information to learn. And then, uh, you know, kind of other interest musically, um, you know, my buddy Alan Purdy, who I grew up with in Grenada, uh, just a, a superb musician and, uh, and a, still a very close friend, uh, he started taking me out in the country to play on some weekends. We would go out and play, uh, uh, gospel country and bluegrass shows at an old pavilion uh, out in, you know, a few miles out of Grenada. And uh, so that was valuable experience, all kind of things like that, you know. Um, the the rock and roll and, and side, though, was really interesting and because you get to meet a lot of people. You know, the, the local guys that played were heroes to me. And... Uh, and you know, there's one guy in particular. His name was his name is Budley Bays, and uh, Budley was uh, a guitar player. And I just remember one of the things I remember was he he invited me over to his house one day, and his mom was home, and 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 so he he didn't want me to to uh, divulge how much that it it cost, but. He showed me a Fender Dual Showman amp that he had just gotten, and it was taller than me. And so that was <laughs> that was a you know sort of a mythical uh, you know thing that that kids and bass and guitar players or the kids thought about was you ordered the Fender catalogs and you wonder what that really looks like, you know. But uh, Budley was really important. He he uh, taught me 
uh, a lot of things. And, you know, the value of the blues and how it equated to rock and roll and things like that. So there were a lot of guys that were uh, really important that were, um, you know, influential, I'd say. I'm interested to hear about, you know, your journey, like I said, kind of rock and roll, bluegrass, and then how you found your way to focusing more on jazz. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about what um, what influences or what um, experiences kind of led to that shift? To people about jazz is that I ask, you know, if they're, if they're a little bit hesitant or or you know, just a little resting about jazz. I ask them if they uh, if they like blues, and oh yeah, yeah. And I said, well, just look at it like just kind of like that. Jazz is blues that swings, you know. And um, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is Mississippi. We are all about the blues, and um, you know, blues is is just the, in the DNA of. Um, the state likes to say that that it's um, Mississippi's the birthplace of America's music, but I, I think you can you can uh, double down on that and say popular music, you know, because if we uh, it's it's just uh, pervasive in every every style. But uh, we also have a tremendous jazz heritage in Mississippi. Um, just some monumental figures, you know, and. and jazz that came from places like Woodville, Mississippi and, uh, you know, places like that. So, it, you know, there, there's a, there's just a, a, jazz was, of course, having heard some around my house and, you know, things like that. I mentioned my dad was like Ray Charles and Count Basie and Ellington. Uh, you know, it was just sort of a natural gravitation toward it, I guess. Hi, I'm Melody Moody Thordis, and you're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. To hear all our conversations with creative Mississippians, be sure to subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. Each week on the Arts Hour, representatives from the Mississippi Arts Commission speak with different creative Mississippians. Today I'm speaking to this year's awardee for the Governor's Arts Awards for his work as a cultural ambassador. Raphael Sims is a bass player who's contributed greatly to the musical festival scenes for decades and has written and recorded songs for Visit Mississippi, the state's Department of Tourism. So, Raphael, I want to talk to you a little bit about your work as a cultural ambassador um, and including that as a musician. um, But I'd love to as a... As a festival planner myself, I'd really want to dig in and, and hear a little bit more about um, things that you have put together, uh, I would guess, because of your passion for this state um, and, and the music you're so passionate about. 
Well, yeah, Melody, I, I tell you what, it's, uh, you, you know, it's important that, uh, that we keep things moving and, uh, and that there's music to be had for people uh, to be entertained and affected by. And, uh, and so, you know, that, that's especially in the midst of the pandemic and hopefully sooner than later coming out of the pandemic, we'll, we hope and pray that, um, you know, we'll get back to everything in earnest, you know, but, uh, yeah, that I've, I've done, uh, done, you know, primarily, first of all, the most, the thing that I am is a, as a bass player and, uh, and, you know, I've, I've kind of out of necessity and everything, you know, you start wearing different hats, you know, to, to get in. Because you don't, if it's a bass player, you don't go around and, and sit in, and, and play single, you know, acts like a piano player or a guitar player or whatever. You know, it depends a lot on the, the cooperation and the, the uh, camaraderie of musicians. And so um, uh, as a bass player, though, uh, in whatever situation I was in, it's doubled as an opportunity to... Say, say what's great about Mississippi. Uh, you know, there's, there's people want to know, especially in other parts of the world that I've been in different parts of the country. Uh, people want to know about Mississippi. You know, oh, wow, you're from Mississippi and like that. And I, I can remember once when I was going to LA uh, that a first time, you know, when I got the old van and jumped in there and said, hello world. Um, I had some advice from someone that said, okay, well, look, you're going to do fine out there, but don't tell them you're from Mississippi. Just mention like, uh, oh, yeah, I'm from down there around Memphis and, and all this other stuff. And, of course, I had a, a fairly formidable uh, amount of information about the great musical things that had happened in Mississippi and records that were cut here and and things like that. So it was easy and fun to uh, to talk about that to people and um, was always met with, a, when it came to the music, always met with a very positive response from people, you know. And I guess that's kind of a, an ambassador uh, duty that, that I will try to carry on, you know, with, with this award. Well, tell our audience a little bit more about Mississippi Live. Tell us what that is and, and walk us through, you know, how that got started and, 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 and how it grew over the years. Mississippi Live is, is a show um, that, that began, oh, it's been over probably 20 years now. And it was a show that I put together for an event for the state, uh, and it was, uh, it, you know, what I did is, is I thought it would be cool to, to show the progress and the depth and breadth of Mississippi's uh, musical, uh, you know, history and, uh, and, you know, the heritage of some of the great musicians and everything like that and uh, songwriters' songs and all that. So put together this show, and at times it's... Uh, it's it's a large show. It started out every time we did it. It was a, a pretty big undertaking, 
but we would start off with uh, uh, Vasti Jackson would was uh, would start the show with a Robert Johnson, uh, you know, just song and and just kind of set the tone for the whole program. And Bill Ellison was uh, my MC for the show, and and we just literally went through uh, as much as we could in about forty minutes. We went through. Um, the songs, songwriters, and artists uh, of Mississippi, um, and um, you know it's it it's had a lot of good response. We've been, uh, you know, in several different states doing it, and uh, it's we still do it. We've uh, we have sort of gotten to where we can do it now with a uh, uh, smaller groups to so, sort of special editions. You know where we'll focus on a certain type of music, but when we do the big show, we've done it a number of times at the Beauvage, and uh, you know for different um, different deals, and and it's just uh, it's a real cool thing. It's great having that many great musicians in one place for one thing, because there aren't better musicians anywhere than Mississippi, and uh, if there are, they they probably came there from Mississippi, <laughs> so you know. But um, but yeah, Mississippi Live is is it's a it's a fun show and um, and you know uh, it's kind of a, a of a fun story. I, I wrote a song called Mississippi Feels Like Coming Home, and it has sort of become the finale of that show. And it was also used uh, to promote tourism for uh, for a while, you know, and uh, so. It all kind of ties in together, you know. The uh, Mississippi Live cast, yeah, the Mississippi Live cast, um, it, you know, when it's the full show, uh, include people like Jesse Robinson, uh, a great blues singer, the fabulous Jewel Bass, who Mississippi's most recorded voice. I mean, you hear her on everything from from uh, blues records to Burger King commercials, you know, <laughs> and uh, and then just uh, all kind of great musicians, Bill and Temperance, and just uh, on down the line. I mean, it's it's great, and we always uh, on the Mississippi Live show, we always try to uh, to have a young person close the show out before our finale, uh, with the idea that you've heard our past and uh, and even a little of our present. But to keep this thing going, we're going to have to have a future. And uh, we've had some outstanding young people that have performed with the show. A couple of them, uh, you know, uh, are Nat uh, Smith, Nathaniel, who uh, who's, you know, plays with Sarah Giroux, and he's doing his own thing. And you've seen him on Austin City Limits a couple of times here in the last few years here. And then um, Charlie Worsham. Who is just an amazing talent? He he was a very young kid when he uh, he came out and played with us the first time, and and he played with us for a number of years, and you could just tell he was going places, and boy has he ever. So, um, but anyway, it's 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 a nice show in in terms of uh, giving people a positive look at Mississippi and what extraordinary people and talent we have here.
Well, another festival that um, I've I've uh, admired for a long time uh, is Wells Fest. Is, is it correct that you uh, had a hand in in starting Wells Fest? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, Malcolm White and the late Keith Conkle, who was the pastor at Wells, uh, nobody can tell that story better than Malcolm can. Uh, but but I'll just hit a few of the points. Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm got married, and Keith wouldn't take any payment for uh, performing the ceremony. So Malcolm said, what can I do for you? And they came up with the festival. And then once uh, Malcolm kind of got into the, uh, he got it up and running, and it was, you know, the, the biggest festival uh, and the, just the best thing you'd seen in Mississippi. And once he got uh ready to do Highland Mouse and, and open that, and he got into that after a few years in the Wells Fest. He basically said, uh, hey, Raphaels, can you uh, take the keys to this thing? He threw me the keys to it, is what I like to say. And I said, yeah, I'll do it for a couple of years, and I don't know. I've been here a few decades. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, yeah, That's it was a brainchild of, of Malcolm and, and Keith Conkle, and, uh, and it's, a, it's pretty much an institution. The best thing, things, I should say, about it are, one, it raises a lot of money for a lot of nonprofits and a lot of people that need the most help, and that, uh, or they are helping people that need help. And then the other thing is, it's the only festival that I know of, that on a continued basis, uh, the musicians vo totally volunteer and play for free. And uh, I can tell you that musicians are a giving uh, bunch. They really are. But it's at the point now uh, that, you know, we used to figure, how are we going to have all these acts, you know, and get all these people to do it and everything. And now, they call us, you know, and want to play. I mean, we've we've had people like Mac McAnally, Fred Noblock, um, just you know, just it's it's really an amazing um, event, and it's uh, I think it's uh, it's it's very special uh, because of the people it brings together. Well, earlier in my career, I, I started out planning events and music festivals, and I will tell you that I looked to Wells Fest uh, during that time as a real inspiration. So it's uh, it's done a lot um, for the music community, done a lot, like you said, for nonprofits, but I want you to know it's also done a lot, and I'll tell Malcolm too, uh, to inspire other festivals and, uh, you know, and a lot of a lot of other wonderful things. So I thank all of you and Keith and everyone that was involved um, and continues to be involved in in work like that. It, 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 the impact from things like that, I really believe, stretch further than, than we could even imagine. It's, it's a, you know, from a philanthropic standpoint and everything, I mean, it's, it's done, it's raised over a million dollars for, for a lot of uh, nonprofits over the years. And, um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's in, in the, it's 30 something years now and all that. And, uh, but you know, to have a music festival, you got to have musicians playing really good music. And, uh, I think it, 
another thing that this Welsh Fest shows is to the heart of musicians and the music uh, in their hearts. You know, uh, it's it's really something to see year after year. Um, we of course didn't get to do it live out in the park this past year. Um, you know, due to COVID-19. However, um, you know, we're in the talking stages and, uh, and you know, we'll, we'll just see what happens, you know. Those those prayer warriors over at uh, over at Wells Church, you know, Chris Cumbus and the whole congregation, they're going to, they're going to sort it out for us. <laughs> I'm Melody Moody Thordis, and you're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. To hear all our conversations with creative Mississippians, be sure to subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, is a show that explores issues that relate to you and your family. To find out what we're all about, subscribe to the podcast by using any podcast app or by downloading our MPB Public Media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. Each week on the Arts Hour, representatives from the Mississippi Arts Commission speak with different creative people living in Mississippi. Today I'm speaking with this year's Governor's Arts Award recipient, Raphael Sims, for his contribution as a cultural ambassador for the arts. My partner, uh, Trip Douglas, is my partner in jazz crimes. And, uh, and um, Trip, uh, we've started... Uh, it's, we've been doing it 16 years. It's called the Fusion Coffee House Jazz Series, and it's one Sunday a month, and we bring in jazz musicians and uh, with an emphasis on the hometown people, and we we interview them or uh, uh, I interview them and and in a lot of cases play with them, and uh, and that's really been uh, a great thing for us and for jazz fans and aficionados, uh, you know, for over 15 years. That's coming back. Well, Raphael, you talked um, about this earlier, but I want to circle back to it. You you wrote a song called Mississippi Feels Like Coming Home, and that was part of a partnership with Visit Mississippi, which is the state's uh, tourism department. And, you know, our listeners will hear that song but I wanted to, just looking at the lyrics, I wanted to ask you about the inspirations behind writing that song and what it has meant to you. Well, you know, it, it was, uh, I think it was, it was sort of my Valentine to Mississippi in a way. Um, there are things, you know, they're, they're wanting people from, um, and and actually, I, I think that where they played this thing, uh, media buys the most were uh, at that time were in the Midwest and you know different places, other states, and trying to get people to come here, um, you know maybe when the weather was not great there and that, that kind of thing. Um, so I, I was just trying to think of some of the simplest things that would seem maybe. Um, 
rather exquisite to to those folks, you know. And things that, if you hear the mention of them, that we think fondly of them and, and don't take them for granted, you know, um, have you ever been kissed by a warm Gulf breeze and sipped iced tea beneath magnolia trees? Man, that's that's pretty Mississippi, you know. And uh, yeah. and uh, you know, it's just this is just a really a special place. It's a uh, it's it's um it's somewhere that I tell you what, when you go somewhere and spend time where they put too much sugar in the cornbread, uh, you you want to be back at Mississippi. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's just a, a great inspirational place to write about. So I just kind of pulled on some, uh, you know, some some memories and some uh, different features that I like about living here in Mississippi, you know. And uh, folks seem to like it. Well, Ravi, um, we've talked about how you are this year's recipient at the Governor's Arts Award as a cultural ambassador. And I wanted to just give you a chance to talk about what that award means to you. Thank you for that, Melody, because I tell you, it does, it does mean a lot uh, to me. The, uh, my very beginnings and awareness of art uh, of pretty much any kind was I was when I was in grade school. After school, uh, once or twice a month, I would t took art lessons and you know worked with uh, different mediums. You know, uh, charcoal and pastel. And I had a really good teacher, Miss Meek, and uh, and so I had, you know, that was that was something that that sort of made made me aware that wow, when I see these things, somebody sat down and did these, and uh, you know. And there are people with unbelievable talent that, you know, did these. And there are people that did these, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Uh, so it was just kind of a, it was kind of a cool thing to, uh, to experience that. Of course, I gravitated more and more, uh, you know, to the, the music side before becoming fully immersed. And, uh, and so, uh, but, but the, the art. Uh, the arts are just so important on so many levels. I mean, I've my my folks. Uh, I went to some shows with them in Memphis. You know, when I was a kid, there there'd be some uh, touring Broadway companies and things like that, and um, and and you know, and then the museums, you know, everywhere, and uh, it, it's just incredible. You know, and it's it's incredibly important. And you know, I want to say this about Mississippi. There are, I'm going to talk. If it's okay, I'm going to mention something a little bit about the state and and also the city, our capital city. But uh, it's really amazing. There are cities twice as big as ours, and states probably three times as big as ours that don't have any one of these things. But we've got sort of a fine arts uh, trifecta, uh, you know, it, uh, as far as performing arts go, uh, down on Capitol Street. I, I just think about it. You know, I'm, I know that uh, that the the politicians uh, 
correctly point out that Mississippi's good at a lot of things, you know, telecommunications, uh, medical uh, technology and research and, you know, and all those things. And talking about a medical corridor and, you know, all this, you know, different wonderful things. But, you know, we have an arts corridor that uh, is called Capitol Street. And where there are a lot of states and cities that I mentioned that don't have any of these, we have a an opera company, we have a ballet company, and we have the mighty Mississippi Symphony, which are all, um, you know, people from here and they're and they're and they're performing and in our fine uh, facility Dayamara, uh, which is you know an art center. I mean, look at IBC and all that, um, and within easy walking distance to the. Uh, Mississippi Museum of Art, um, gosh, our capital city has got that, and our state has got that, and, you know, it's just, uh, I'm just uh, scratching the surface, but, you know, so, you know, I hope that maybe, uh, I hope that maybe, you know, we can get some love, financial support, you know, for those places from the government and from private donors and, uh, you know, grants and everything else, we can increase it so that we can hold on to those things. And as part of holding on to them, I think that's very important is to get kids in there and inspire kids, uh, you know, that, that they live in Mississippi, but this is something they can do. This is something they can participate in. This is something that, that maybe they won't take it past uh, high school or university, but they might tour the world, you know. It's, uh, you know, the arts are, are, uh, have endless possibilities, and we've got quite a spectacular uh, arts resource right here in Mississippi. Melody, it's been great talking to you. And uh, I'm so so honored to be receiving this award, uh, you know, the Governor's Arts Award, and it, it, it's just uh, it's just amazing. But uh, I can tell you, I'm going to try to uh, to remind people and and uh, show people when I can uh, just what we have here in in terms of the arts and what we have to offer because it's, uh, I think it, it's very, very significant and it's, uh, it's, it's everything you want. It's a, it's a great way to be entertained, a great way to learn and a great way to watch young people develop uh, their talent. It's, and so thank you for having me today. Yeah, Melody, I'll tell you, this uh, this award is, means a lot, and I was really uh, just kind of overwhelmed when I, you know, I was going, you know, how, how does this happen, you know? And I found out that uh, that the, there's a lady that wrote the nomination letter uh, for me for this award. Uh, she had been to... Fusion Coffee House Jazz Series interview show, and she had, uh, you know, seen one of the shows and, and seen me 
talking to the people and you know we kind of promote some different things and uh and she uh heard me talk about jazz night at Howland Mouse and so she came to Howland Mouse and uh, uh saw us do the jazz night there and I think she made a subsequent trip or two uh to those things and Anyway, she wrote a letter to the Arts Commission, and um, it, it's a beautiful letter. And it, and anyway, and she just basically let let them know how much she appreciated, uh, you know, the the jazz things, particularly that were going on, and the and the and the fact that we were doing what we were doing. And um, I just want to say, if she's listening, thank you, Melba. For that, and uh, and you know, it's that's just kind of how it works. I don't know. You you kind of do, you kind of do what you're doing, and sometimes you don't realize um, maybe how it's uh, affecting someone, or or you know that maybe somebody is listening to something you're saying, or something else you're saying, and and identifying or appreciating it in different ways, and uh, Anyway, uh, so it's just that that makes it mean even more. Uh, you know, Melba's a, a, a jazz aficionado, and and uh, you know she's found something that uh, that she thought was valuable, and I and I just am grateful to her and to the Mississippi Arts Commission. And uh, anyway, that's 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 how I feel about the, the award. I'll try to be a good ambassador. Uh, I'd like to just say a few words about something I read, Melody, uh, recently about jazz. And uh, and here it is. It's that jazz is about making something familiar, a familiar song, for example, into something fresh. And it's about making something shared you know, a tune that, that everyone knows into something personal. Uh, those are just some of the reasons that jazz is a great art form and why some people consider it America's classical music. And it's it's definitely one of uh, America's art forms that, uh, that has a daily worldwide impact, you know. I'm Melody Moody Thordis, and you're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. To hear all our conversations with creative Mississippians, be sure to subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Slowly we started, you know, picking these turtles up and saving them. I'll stop traffic, grab one out of the road. And then our friends found out and our vet would call us. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We are now a full-fledged, nonprofit turtle rescue. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. 